You ever learn a new word in school or you learn about something and all of a sudden you see it everywhere? Yeah. So last episode, we were talking about our favorite sports movie. I said Rocky because of the Italian in me. I don't know if you've been watching any Yankee games. They have been bringing Italian flags to Yankee Stadium because of Rizzo and Joey Gallo. And they've been embracing it. Yeah, Joey Gallo just bought a... He was interviewed uh-huh. and he bought a shirt that said Italian Stallion with him and Rizzo on it. And he was like, yeah, I got it. What, dude, what are the odds? Because you were just talking about like, oh, I'm the Italian Stallion or what the course, bro. So it's now it's just you just seeing your Italian heritage everywhere. Dude, I'm seeing Italy everywhere. I went to go get a haircut and the guy was talking about uh, on CNN, I guess, before the pandemic, they were going around all of Italy. Mm-hmm. trying to see like different foods he was like i watched it was very he knew i was italian by my hair by the way it was really <laughs> weird and so he was like he was like do you know in northern italy i was like yeah they didn't have spaghetti up there he's like how did you know that and i was like because they weren't able to grow wheat i'm like it's back then you were only able to eat like what your land had and, uh-huh. uh, i freak people out with what i know because it's always stuff that doesn't get you anywhere in life you yeah. know like i can like, right. i'll tell you about done. Like right now, yeah. I could have gone a whole minute without this conversation. What a what a way to kick off a sports show, huh? Oh, as Italian Stallion, Zachary Nikolai, Joey Gallo, and Anthony Rizzo. Those are your top three right there. The okay. Mount Rushmore. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. That is the Mount Rushmore of Italians. Let's put that. Joe Pesci might have to make his way in there. He might have to. I don't know, man. I might have to get Gallo off for Pesci. Welcome to Our Factual Opinion, led by your favorite Italian, Zachary Nikolai, alongside me, Tyler McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, you're not Italian. What are you? I'm a lot, bro. Italian. A lot. But no Italian. No, I'm Italian, Irish, surprisingly Mexican, um, just whatever. I'm a mutt. So you got some in you. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't put you on Mount Rushmore, but you can visit. So that could be, I'll take could you for be looking at it. Yeah, I'll let you okay. look at it. Dude, that's awesome. That's that made my day. To find out that you're a little uh, Italian in you. Well, you know what else will make your day? Christmas. Merry Christmas, Zachary Nikolai. It's it's Christmas in August. Dude, I saw that Bleacher Report went and released uh, the entire schedule. I'm ecstatic for that Lakers net series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you got the full list. What are you looking at? Yeah, so we got the full list here. We got the. One game that I know I'm really looking forward to is this Hawks Knicks game, which you know, Trey Young bowing down Madison Square Garden. He's the villain of the Knicks now. I think if you're a Knicks fan, you absolutely hate this guy. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. Celtics Bucks, and then we got the Warriors at Suns, Nets at Lakers, and then the Mavericks at Jazz. So Christmas, a full slate is fully released now. I will say some of these games are exciting and some of them are interesting. Like, yeah. Uh, what's interesting to me, Nuggets not having a game. Yes. Yes. So we read that stat earlier was Nikola Jokic is the first reigning MVP to not get a Christmas game since they expanded it to five games back in 2008. Yeah. But I think that's more of a testament to the NBA because, I mean, you look at it, there's no really bad teams playing, so no, to speak. No. And all you know what I mean? So star-studded yeah. teams. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to get star-studded teams for Christmas, but. Yeah. So for the former MVP to not get a game, 
you know, on Christmas since 2008, but all the games are still so interesting. I mean, I think that just shows how talented the NBA is now. Yes. Yeah, super talented. I mean, Hawks, Knicks, you know, you got Trey, you got um, Kemba, who's now on the Knicks, and you got Julius Randle, and that was just a great playoff. Even though the playoff series didn't go, like, the full seven, it was still a great series, and it was electric to see Madison Square Garden again in the playoffs. Celtics, Bucks, you know, you got Giannis, you got Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. The Celtics also just re-signed Marcus Smart to a yeah. full whatever he can get. I think it was like 40, four seventy million. Seventy-seven mil. Seventy-seven mil. Okay, so big locker room guy, big presence. Um, they love him. They say he's the heart and soul of the team. So you want to try and keep that team together. And then you got which I thought this was the weird one. I thought I thought there were two weird ones. I mean, I, I guess I get Celtics Bucks, and there wasn't a lot of. I would have liked to see the Heat and the Bucks because you know there's kind of just been some some history between them you know the the heat beat the bucks in the bubble now the bucks went in on and swept the heat in the playoffs this season and now the heat just added kyle lowry it just it would have been nice to see you know the heat in the Bucks. personally my opinion yeah it's it's, like, it's hard to force something in the east now yeah but i, I feel like the reason you you kind of have to have the celtics in this christmas i mean oh yeah it's jason tatum but also it's just the celtics one of the most decorated teams in the nba which I hate to say because I'm a Lakers fan, but it's whatever. <laughs> but I thought the Warriors and the Suns was kind of a weird matchup. Yeah. I, I feel like there's – I mean, you, sometimes you like to see teams with history. You know that. But I guess – I mean, I like I like Steph Curry. I love Devin Booker. I love Chris Paul. Klay Thompson hopefully will be back and fully healthy. It's going to be a fun game. Don't get me wrong. I just – I don't know. I feel like it would have been – more interesting to see a different matchup, even like a Suns Bucks rematch. Like usually, yeah. a lot of times we tend to see that championship team end up. The, I mean, the championship team and the team that lost in the championship play each other again in that Christmas game. It, a lot of times it tends to be that way. It's just I don't know. Yeah, I would I would have done maybe a Suns Clippers or a Clippers Mavs rematch. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was thinking the Clippers should get a game, but. It's going to be no Kawhi Leonard, most likely. So I feel like that's kind of why they did Well, the it. NBA always knows more than us. That's yeah, what's interesting. Definitely. Like, you see the trades that are going on right now for the Clippers. Sorry to sidetrack. But you look at it, and it's like you get rid of Pat Bev. Pat Bev goes and shows his support for the Grizzlies, then gets traded again. Traded uh, again. Poor guy. Yeah, that sucked. But it's yeah. like the trades they're making – it doesn't seem like it helps them. And also it kind of seems like Steve Ballmer's saying Kawhi's not going to be here. Let's see if we can build around PG or let's, you know, maybe just lower our luxury tax a bit. Um, It it doesn't seem like they're trying to win. So I think the NBA and the Clippers know Kawhi's going to miss a huge chunk, if not the entire season next year. I mean, yeah, I could see him missing the whole season. I could see him coming back with like, you know, the last month and a half or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know. Kawhi's always been a quiet guy. I feel like his injuries are always mysterious. Like, obviously, we know this was partially torn ACL, right? That's what it was. Yeah. So it's just a lot of times, you know, the Kawhi Leonard timetable is just mysterious. So who knows what's what's going to happen. But, yeah. Favorite game has to be Lakers-Nets, though. Yeah, Lakers-Nets. That's, that's, that's going to be the game to watch. I don't know if this is true. I saw it on Twitter by some, you know, like some random – NBA Twitter account, not like a verified account or whatever, but I saw it saying that this is the first time LeBron and Kevin Durant are going to be playing each other again since Christmas back in 2018 when it was the Warriors-Cavs game. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it could be right. I'm not 100% sure. Obviously, we don't have the facts on this. Like, I, I didn't really get to look at it just because I saw it and it just kind of went over my head. But that's interesting. But it's also it's just this game is, you know, LeBron, Kevin Durant, always been compared their whole lives. And then you get Russell Westbrook playing Kevin Durant. And you get LeBron playing his old teammate, Kyrie Irving. And it's just, it's going to be game. I think it's a game that everyone's saying, like, oh, this is a possible uh, NBA Finals preview which i could see it and it's just i think it's just gonna be an electric game it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch really looking yeah forward. that's if that's not what is it the four o'clock game i think that's the that's like the, the main prime yeah, time game. yeah it'll, yeah it'll, that's it'll not the four o'clock the, the main because i think after it'll be the mavericks and the utah jazz which i thought was an interesting interesting smaller market game. that game should headline should be before the Lakers and Nets like you, what you should be doing. I would put the Celtics last. That, that should be the seven o'clock game. That way the East is asleep. You know, this West coast team can watch it. I guess I don't care. You, you, but you look Lakers and Nets are the stars now and what have been, mm-hmm. you know I mean? LeBron 19 seasons of just being a stud. Yeah. yeah. KD people are saying he's the best the thing in the league. Time. Yeah, Kyrie, one of the best ball handlers. AD, it, people go on and on about what they like about all these people. Oh, Westbrook, triple double machine, dude. Luca's the future. I've been on that forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Donovan Mitchell, that guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully the Mavs go and get a second guy. I've been hearing a lot of talk about Ben Simmons and other people, but that's remained to be seen. But mm-hmm. I, I think the Jazz are going to have great All Stars that are going to be leading, you know, into the future. Luke is going to be the best player for like a decade. I, I think you do that before kind of like, uh, Hey, these are stars to come mm-hmm. show the Lakers and Nets. And these are the stars now slash were, you know, it's a good concept. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see that, but I think obviously it's just whatever wants to watch Utah. In. Yeah. It's, it's whatever's going to bring in the more revenue. You know what I mean? And you know, who brings in revenue? Our boy, Tim Tebow, man. This guy, ah, man. You know, everyone was expecting it, though, right? Yeah. Everyone was expecting him to get cut. The story was cool. You know, him joining back with his old coach, Urban Meyer, on the Jaguars. He's getting a redemption story as a tight end. It was an interesting story, but I think everyone knew it wasn't going to work out and he was going to get cut. But yeah. So today, Colin Coward said that he said you can get Tim Tebow's anywhere. You can find them at any gym, whatever gym. He said, well, I think he said it was Gold's Gym, Crunch Gym. I don't know. But he said that you could find Tim Tebow's anywhere and he's not a professional athlete. And that's just like, yeah, it's, now, man. I, everyone knows I'm a Tebow guy. Yeah. And before we continue this, I hope people know Tim Tebow is in Canton. His jersey for the uh, quick overtime drive against the Steelers. I think mm-hmm. it's the Music City Miracle, they call it. Yeah. Yeah, his jersey's in Canton. So just want to let you know his legacy will live forever. Uh, thanks, NFL. Um, no, I, I've i been a huge Tebow guy forever, ever since. His, I still root for Florida because of him. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, his speeches, the kind of person he is, it's great. Oh. And it makes me sad because 
people are on two huge spectrums when he got into or when he got with the Jags. Mm -hmm. It was this is going to be a dumpster fire and he's just getting a shot because, you know, Urban Meyer. And there's the other people that are like, no, 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 he's going to be a Hall of Fame talent tight end. Like, just you watch. And it's like, okay, uh, no. How about we meet in the middle? He probably would play like maybe five, ten snaps and that would be it. That's what I was expecting. And then obviously this happened to make the roster going into it. Like I knew he'd like, obviously we knew he'd get some snaps in the preseason, but I wasn't expecting him to make the roster after the preseason. I mean, he's one of the first people cut on the Jaguars. Yeah. It was after his first game. I watched him. It was, uh, there were some clips of him. Yeah. He, he was running wide open for a seam. That was exciting. And then, Poor Lawrence had to run because that Jags O-line's god-awful. And then the next play was the one where they had him, you know, go to block. I think it was a, it was one of those backside blocks. They call it a wham. And, yeah. you know, it's it was tough to watch. But what sucked is I was listening to the herd, and I heard exactly what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. How herd does such a good job usually of staying somewhat in the middle very rarely, except when he's saying the Ravens are going to go undefeated, does he kind of jump to an exaggerated side? Mm-hmm. To say Tebow isn't a professional athlete, I think is ridiculous. I mean, and he's he, one of the best college athletes of all time. Now, he did say that he's a Saturday athlete, not a yeah. Sunday athlete. Yeah. And we've seen plenty of those. Like, uh, oh, why am I blank? Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf's one of those guys, you know, Demarcus Russell. Uh, Trent Richardson, there's a bunch of guys who are Saturday athletes and they just don't translate to Sunday. And that's hundred percent. Okay. Tebow though, you, you can say that it was that Denver defense that helped him out. Mm-hmm. He won a playoff game. Yeah, he did. He did. He won a playoff game. He won his first playoff game ever, you know, his first and only playoff game, obviously. He beat a solid Steelers team that people Which were no, saying. No one was expecting them to win that game. It was, no, everyone was shocked. And I just feel like it was, it was all over the place. Like when everyone who was watching that game just couldn't believe their eyes when they saw, you know, that that deep pass that Tim Tebow threw and Demarius I, Thomas running yeah, eighty yards, yeah. and that still wouldn't have happened if they weren't in Mile High. Fun fact: mm-hmm. I think I've already told you the story. Uh, mile High, it's literally called Mile High because it's mile high the safety. air altitude is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the safety that was starting. Uh, he was having issues breathing because of the difference in air. So they took yep. him off the field. It was a backup safety, was in the wrong coverage. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where the play went. And Demaryius Thomas, 80 yards, Tebow's jerseys in Canton. So it's like, you know, people say the man upstairs was looking out for Tebow. I think it's kind of hard to argue that at that point. But I don't understand the argument saying he's not a Sunday kind of guy. And then even if you look at his baseball career, like in 2018, when he first got there, he had 36 RBIs, and I might be wrong, but he was batting 273 Honestly, in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah, so, and so it was like he was solid, and then the next season he was batting like 163, which was just, nothing, and that's when the Mets cut him and everything else. And they, yeah, they came out and said it was just for tickets and all this other stuff. But like, he's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. There was a reason besides just his locker room presence that he was able to get drafted in the first round. Yeah. Now I know that there's been a bunch of bust and just cause your draft where you are, doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. but Tebow is a professional athlete. And I understand he said he's a Saturday athlete. Tebow is one of, if not the greatest college quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. but to say 
yeah, no, you're not a professional athlete. I mean, dudes won games. And the only way that Denver was okay, that fan base of getting him out, who replaced him? Peyton Manning. Man, the myth, the legend, Peyton Manning. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd instantly do that too. But I think the issue I have is just him saying, like, you can find him at a gold gym. There's no, no, you're not finding players that get drafted in the NFL or play, you know, get the chance at some playing on some of these teams, like in professional sports athletes. You, you don't find these guys at gold gym. <laughs> like, yeah, he was just saying that he's a huge workout addict and he's like, you can find people like him anywhere. And it's like, okay, I, I've seen a lot of big guys. But to be honest with you, Tebow's like quickness, I don't want to say speed because he's not that fast, but he's pretty good with his feet. You know what I mean? He was an athlete. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason that he was able to play two sports. Yeah. Now, maybe he didn't play baseball to the greatest ability, mm-hmm. but I mean, who did? Like yeah. Jordan didn't really. <laughs> Eon did. Bo did. But we're talking about two guys that are Just, absurd athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Unfortunately, no longer playing in Jaguars jersey anymore. Yeah, nah, maybe not so unfortunate. I don't know if he'd want to be there anyway. Unfortunate for Tim Tebow. Yeah, I might. Uh, I love that guy. I wish people would stop hating on him. But you know what's really weird? People are hating on this, and it made sense. And then I heard it more, and it didn't. Uh, on Undisputed, Shannon Sharp. He was talking about how much he hated the play-in tournament for the NBA. I know you were okay with it in the bubble, and then after that, you didn't like it. See, like, I – here's the thing. I I understood it. Okay, so the bubble obviously made a lot of sense. The season got shortened, and it was just like, all right, we got to throw everyone in this bubble, and they all got to start playing. And who knows what could have happened during that – when it got shut down in March. The season after – I also didn't mind it because it was shortened 10 games and 10 games is kind of a lot of time for teams. Like it could have been, it, that's the big difference between, you know, being the seven seed or being that 10 seed. I understood it. I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it because at the same time, you're still playing 72 games. And this is the argument that everyone makes is you grind out that season for the eight seed just to have to play the 10 seed which there's only a few other teams behind them like that's that's just a long season to have to go and keep playing more for a 10 seed team to have a chance at making the playoffs which i thought was dumb but i feel like what the nba has been trying to do for a long time now is trying to figure out how to make the regular season a little more relevant Right, because you and I can both agree that the NBA season is not very relevant. It's all about the playoffs, and well, the players don't even think it's relevant. Like yeah, that's why there's load management. Yeah, it's just get to the playoffs, and we'll make a run from there. And that's why Adam Silver has been another thing that is he's been pushing that mid-season tournament that he wants to do to kind. Of, I think it, you know, it's it's more for obviously for revenue and views. You you want to mm-hmm. figure out how you can grow your league. And how you can make it the best major league sport of you know in America, and midseason tournament sounds dumb. I don't think teams are gonna want to risk their their athletes, their athletes' health on a midseason tournament, and then play in. It just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to grind out the season and then have to play a ten seed, and the ten seed has a chance at making it into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I I was against it uh-huh. this year when I heard that they were going to continue it. Yeah. And when sometimes when people talk, it's okay to stop. Mm-hmm. But then when you keep talking, sometimes you step on yourself. And that's what Shannon did to me. So he uh-huh. was against it. He was saying like, hey, you know what? They play this entire season. And then all of a sudden you're going to tell them like, you need to play like these other guys, like, no, that's not how it goes. I was okay with that. And then all of a sudden he said, like, what if you did that in the NFL? <laughs> the NFL and then he said, has that. <laughs> they have the wild card. He said, yeah, what if you exactly. do that in baseball? Baseball does. So mm-hmm. I started to think about it. If you stopped calling it the play-in tournament and, call and you just card. called them wild card teams. Yeah, I mean, see, yeah, I mean. That's basically it. I feel like it makes sense. Like, it's, it, it, it's good for the sport, I think. I understand why players hate it and you know my argument that I just made makes sense but at the same time like I can see reasons for it and I can see reasons against it now if they do it again this season like they're talking about I won't necessarily hate it but I think Shannon Sharp made a good point like the NBA got really lucky this season to have one of the playing games be LeBron and Steph Curry it's just, will, will it get the same amount of views? I'm not 100% sure it would. But I don't know. It's it's hard because I, I love basketball. You know me. I think it'd be, I think it's a fun concept. You know, one game you're in or you're the the eight seed or the seven seed. You lose, you get one more shot. It's it's an interesting concept. But yeah, I agree. It's basically wild card. And... Yeah. It, and I remember people freaking out over baseball. So it's a little different. But so there's 162 games in baseball. Yes. And I remember when they introduced 163. So basically, if you're tied, you know, everything's even there. You need to figure out who's going to the playoffs. There is one game. It's 163. I love it when it happens. And the teams just play one game. Winner goes to the playoffs. It's basically just an extra playoff game. And I remember baseball was so upset. The fan base, you know, the traditionalists, they play 162 games. You're going to have their entire season lie on one game. Well, the NFL, they play, uh, you know, for quite a bit of months. And then some of them get bounced after one game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basketball, same thing. They're just not used to it. These are sports where they're used to, you know, best three out of five, best four out of seven, you know? So I think, if they were to call it a wild card, I wonder if people would be freaking out as much. Because once yeah. Shannon Sharp said that, I was thinking about it and I went, yeah, there are teams in baseball that shouldn't make it, but they make it because they're wild card teams. Yeah, Football teams, there are teams from a certain division that we talk way too much about. And they make it because either they win the division or somehow they sneak in as a wild card. And it's like, there are teams that shouldn't make the playoffs, but they do because of wild cards. I think a big difference though with the NBA is you have 30 teams and 16 of them make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So over 50% of the league is going to make yeah. the playoffs. So that could be an argument too. You know, you have eight seeds in the West and eight seeds in the East. If over 50% of your league is making the playoffs, do you really want to have a wild? You know what I mean? It, it That's just another argument, obviously, but yeah. Uh, that, that's a way to look at it though. So do you count the play in tournament, you know, as a wild card game or is that to be the wild card like mm-hmm. you know obviously there's a lot to think about for it but yeah. it's interesting what a name does to things you know what i mean yeah. people get very upset when you call something a certain thing mm-hmm. and they see you know either negative or positive connotations mm-hmm. i really think if you called it a wild card 
I think sports fans would be like, yeah, they'd be like a lot of sports have that. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's interesting because also in you know in baseball and football, like your division matters. In the NBA, your division doesn't mean anything. It's just yeah part of that division. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's it'd be interesting to see what kind of concepts they can bring with that. But playing game, wild card game. I don't know. I think I think it's a it's an interesting topic that people are gonna be arguing, and obviously you're not gonna please everyone. It's Earlier today on Get Up, they were talking about the Giants. And they were saying, if Daniel Jones is on the hot seat this season, Saquon Barkley should also be on the hot seat. And I think that was Dan Orlovsky saying that. Yeah. And do you think so, Zach? I, I, I don't think Saquon should be on any hot seat after coming off an injury like that. Like, <laughs> So my mom's a teacher. And when I was growing up, you know, I'd be like, oh, man, this homework's hard. Like, she didn't teach this. My mom was like, no, you just didn't listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's your profession. You side with it. So mm -hmm. you, you'll find yourself people who are grownups and they have their careers. Like, you'll notice that if someone didn't really go to college and they took, you know, a job or a work path instead, they'll kind of side with that, you know, teacher side with teachers. Like that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened to Dan. He was talking and they were like, Hey, the most pressures on Daniel Jones. Like if he doesn't win this year, like they got to get him." And you could see the bias in him where as a former quarterback, he was defending his, you know, he was like, if, if this is it for Daniel Jones, this is it for Saquon. Like, and then I love when people say stuff that matter and then they dismiss it and acknowledge it. You know, he was like, I understand that Saquon had that ACL injury, but he missed 17 games. Like he should be stepping up. And I'm like, so you acknowledge that he got hurt. He missed a year. And then you say he should still be stepping up. So you look at also in his argument, he said that quarterbacks don't really do much without a good offensive line but he's wanting Saquon yeah. to do something with a horrible offensive line, which he already did. Can't do anything with offense. You would think, can't, yeah, and Saquon has proven that it doesn't matter. This dude is he's a beast. I, I don't get it. And, and it's really funny because you look at it, and th this is when I like to start to think about stuff because he said, Saquon, you are the second overall pick. Start playing like it. And he was. Okay, That's Daniel Jones, you are the sixth overall pick. Start playing, start like, playing it. like it. Now, Tom Brady was the 199th pick. He started playing like it. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was, you know, what, 25th? Start uh -huh. playing like, what do you mean play like your position? Like, I've seen plenty of guys drafted number two that sucked. Well, Ryan Leaf was drafted number two. We just talked about him, too. I know, but player. it's like, come on. No, but it doesn't make sense because how can you say – Saquon, your number two overall pick, start playing like, dude, the dude was considered the best running back in the league his first two seasons in yeah. first two seasons. And then he gets injured in the third season, ACL injury, first game. Come on, man. He can't. You're, he's not on the hot seat. He's proven oh. what he can do. Obviously, now coming off an injury, you don't know what to expect, especially after an ACL injury. But with like the way modern medicine is. Obviously, football can be different, too, because of the, the constant contact sport. But we've already seen what Saquon can do. It's just now it's what's what's so wrong with calling Danny Dimes out? Danny Dimes, yeah. see if he can throw some dimes this season. But what's so wrong with calling him out saying, like, 
you're on the hot seat, dude. I don't, I don't understand how Saquon would be on the hot seat after coming off an injury. Like, you're not going to expect him to be the same player, like, probably first five games. You know, you give him a little more. I mean, even then, that's still a lot. But you want to give him at least, like, five games before he's probably going to be back in yeah. in full form. But, no, he's not on the hot seat, dude. That makes zero no. sense. And the way I like to look at it is, so Jameis was on the hot seat in Tampa, mm-hmm. right? So he's on the hot seat. Didn't perform very well. He's cut. How many people were jumping at Jameis? Quite a few. No, there was like three, four teams, something like that. Which honestly isn't bad. I mean, he had a, like no. He had he had that 30-30 season, thirty touchdowns, yes. thirty interceptions. But like I said before, he got LASIK eye surgery. Let's see. But, but where that's he the goes. thing. It's it's like he was on the hot seat, and there were four teams that wanted him. Yes. If Danny Dimes were to get released after the season or traded, how many teams would be calling? I mean, I'd guess about four. Now, let me ask you this Saquon gets cut. Uh-huh. You're telling me that oh, I'd love 30 for- out of the 32 teams aren't getting them? Teams would jump at the opportunity to grab. Like, Saquon. there's maybe two teams. And that's just because I don't think it would go well with Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara. Those are the only two I can see. You think I, so? mean, I mean, maybe Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're. Wait, they're. You said Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> oh, McCaffrey? Yeah. yeah. I, out of there. I was all like listening. I was like, time out, time out. But yeah, I mean, there are teams that would maybe want Danny Daniel Jones if he got cut, you know, like, I don't know, Colts if Carson Wentz doesn't stay healthy or teams that need a backup. He, if he gets cut from the Giants, you don't expect him to ever really start yeah. again unless a team needs him to start. You know, like the Bears are starting, possibly starting Andy Dalton at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you're going to assume that Justin Fields kind of takes the takes the reins eventually. But, yeah, you – it doesn't – I just – that argument just sounded really weird to me. I, I I couldn't believe that they were saying Saquon should be on the hot seat too. It's like, yeah, he was, def- you could, you could tell the bias. He was very defensive over quarterbacks. He was trying to be like, look, you guys don't understand. Like it's hard to do something when the ball, when you don't have anybody around you. And it's like, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But now take but now that logic. Have, now they have players around him though. This is like, they, well, the O-line's still pretty bad. Yeah. It's that's... gotten better. But the thing is like, take that logic and put it on Saquon. Like, if you don't expect Danny Dimes to do well with that O-line, what, what you're saying is you think Saquon is way better. He's the heart and soul of that team, and he can overcome that line. That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I couldn't believe the hate I was hearing about Saquon. Just because, I, I mean, everyone loves Saquon. He's he's a dude. He's a monster. Coming into his first season was considered one of the best running backs in the league. Tyler McGee, I would like to ask you. Okay. What's up? Dan Orlovsky got uh, quite touchy mm-hmm. when it was said that Daniel Jones is on the hot seat. Uh, I would argue maybe Matt Stafford is. Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I could think of a handful of guys. To you, mm-hmm. who is the quarterback under the most pressure to win this season in the NFL? There's a few like, I could say players like, you know, I think Tua is under pressure because they were talking about trading him earlier this offseason. So if he doesn't perform well, I'd imagine they move on from him. Uh, we're talking about players like Jimmy G, who has Trey Lance 
just kind of sniffing over, breathing under his neck type of thing. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I like to say, he's probably under pressure to perform, especially with the team they built around him now. But, I mean, I always got to talk about my Rams. I don't think this is necessarily a biased opinion when I say it because I think Matthew Stafford probably has to be under the most pressure to win because I think people and NFL analysts and just the Rams themselves agree that this could be a Super Bowl contending team. And we just traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford because we believe Matthew Stafford could be the guy who's going to get them, get them or us over the hump. So I would have to say that I think Matthew Stafford probably has to be one of the quarterbacks under the most pressure to win this season. So he's your top guy? Top guy? Yeah, I think so. See, and I can have an argument for Stafford. And what I mean by that is it's your first year. It is your first year. You know, year. you're coming into – it is a quarterback-friendly mm -hmm. offense, but, like, you're getting used to coming across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, you're meeting everybody. Like, not many people, except for Tom Brady, go and win a Super Bowl their very first year. So, it's like you That's can true. pump the brakes I mean, if you're the fan brace and go. On a previous episode. We made that argument on a previous episode. Like, we – it wouldn't be surprising to see the Rams drop a couple of games. You know what I mean? The beginning of the season, yeah. because you got, you can't assume that he's just going to get into this offense right away. But I feel like with the media and everything, they're going to expect the Rams to win from day one. If they're not winning, it's going to be like, Oh my God, this trade was a terrible idea. You know what I mean? And Matthew oh, yeah. Stafford's not good. That's, I feel like that's just the way it'll shift. So I feel like in terms of like media and stuff, it's just going to be, he's going to be under an immense pressure. Yeah, if I had to choose, ah oh man, I'd have to say Jimmy mm -hmm. Baker's in my mind too. But let me. I mean, I think yeah, I got to go with Jimmy. Under a lot of pressure too. Yes and no, because he's hurt, so they yeah, can push the that thing. off. Like, if he can't get healthy, like, do you really want to keep st sticking with this dude? Like, I love Jacob Eason. I do but I don't think he's going to be the guy. So the thing is like, there's nobody to replace him. Like that's why I'm putting Jimmy G over Baker. Like mm -hmm. Baker would be two for me because Jimmy, first off, people have been upset with him ever since that Super Bowl loss. They've been saying that the Niners need someone more dynamic. Like they, he's just not that good. I always tell you the guy wins games. I, I can't stand this argument, bro. I do not like Shanahan this. has a losing record without Garoppolo. And it's like, you guys can say what you want, but that, that means Jimmy has something. He's so got if something. He'll win you games, but he's not the quarterback that's going to take you, like you said, over the hump of the Super Bowl. And He took probably, them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but you could they were winning. Team, it's, that, it's not just him that like, he has a better team. If you had a better quarterback, they would have won. You know what I mean? I don't you can't. He, we're getting into this argument again. I don't think Jimmy G is that good. He took them to the Super Bowl. They were winning by double digits going into the fourth quarter. Guess who won? The better quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, because Jimmy G struggled to perform at the end of the game. But I thought it was a team sport. Isn't that what you just said? No, it is. And their team, the defense, did really well holding Mahomes. And then later in the game, what did we see? We saw Jimmy G break down. And obviously it's a team sport, but I just don't We think didn't see him break down. We oh. saw Shanahan start oh. to go conservative. Mm. I don't think Jimmy G's a 
the winner. That's what Shanahan's done, and I love Shanahan. He was super conservative in that Super Bowl with the Falcons, where they dropped a 25-point lead. He was super conservative going into the half with Jimmy G and then conservative in that fourth quarter. That's just what happens. He doesn't keep his foot on the pedal. And so the thing is, it's not Jimmy's fault. I guess. I I don't know. It's – I do agree, though. I do think he's Jimmy's under a lot of pressure. I think he is the most pressure because there's actually somebody behind him. And there's people like you that are very upset at Jimmy thinking he's not I'm talented. I'm not upset at Jimmy. I'm upset at you for thinking Jimmy's that freaking that dude, that dog who's going to take you to win a Super Bowl. Because I don't think he will. I don't think he'll ever get back to the Super Bowl. There is a jersey that he wore that he never lost a game in. Oh. And it was in New England. Yeah, I know it was in New England. He never lost with Bill Belichick. He so took the Niners to Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Oh, goodness. Is it Brady or is it Belichick? Why can't it be both? Why can't no, Jimmy it G? Both. It is both. I agree. Why can't Jimmy G just be a bright guy? He doesn't have to win games like a Patrick Mahomes or like an Aaron Rodgers. Why can't he be like a somewhat better? I don't even want to say Alex Smith because Smith runs like he takes care of the ball. He does his job. You got to do. A Why is that better. bad? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's not bad. I'm, I'm just saying the Niners drafted Trey Lance for a reason. They yeah. don't think Jimmy G's the guy anymore. He's under pressure, but I still think it doesn't matter. Whatever he does, I still think he'll eventually get replaced. Probably. But yeah, I, I'm putting Jimmy first. And the reason Baker's second and not first, I get Baker's in a contract year where he's fighting for an extension. Mm-hmm. There's nobody behind him. True. And with like, how man, well they're like, probably going to do... There's no way they're going to get another quarterback like there's, with a draft pick. I agree. I think there's no way that the Browns move on from Baker. Like, like we said, you this team's been historically bad. You finally found a competent QB who's who show he's shown he he can do well, and they finally have a good team around him. Like you're not going to let him walk. There's no way they'll extend him eventually. Well, it sucks because even if they go nine and eight or eight and nine. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough to get a top QB. And it's like, who are you going to trade for? Who's appealing to you? Like, Mm -hmm. is a Jimmy Garoppolo appealing to you? You know what I mean? Like, no, he's not. To you, I'm telling you, the guy wins games. Apparently not appealing to the 49ers either if they're drafting his replacement. They traded for him. He was appealing at one point and he took him to a Super Bowl. I know he did. And unfortunately, that's it. That's all he's going to see. He's going to see that one Super Bowl, and that's it. Got to That's it. There are so many quarterbacks that don't even see that. I know. Exactly. It's unfortunate that he lost to Patrick Mahomes, which we all expected. And he's that's that's unfortunate for Jimmy G. <laughs> that's probably the most winning season he'll have. What? Yeah. You, you think he's going to have a better season than that? I think he's going to have a great year this year with the Niners. I think so, too. I think they're a really great team, and I could see them winning a good amount of games, but I can also see him getting replaced this year after, like, four games into the season. Hot take. Let's do this. I'm going to be put on record for this. It's going to live forever on the Internet. Uh, Trey Lance hasn't played a game of football besides that preseason in, what, two years? It was, like, 538 days. Mm -hmm. Something dumb. He needs reps. That's what he needs. 100%. 100%. He's not going to step foot on the field this year unless it's for some type of gimmicky. No, Garoppolo is going to play this entire year. See, I feel like Jimmy G will at one point either get hurt 
or if Garoppolo gets hurt, he'll step on because he has to, but it's not going to be by the choice of it, it's going to be because Shanahan's hand is forced. It's mm. not going to be a, you know what? I think this Trey Lance guy should be in over Garoppolo. Okay. It's no Garoppolo's ankles out or he bumped his shoulder again while washing dishes. Like we got to go and throw Trey Lance <laughs> in there. No, I think I, I can see that argument. I, I agree. It's been a long time since he's played and he definitely needs reps and, that's kind of like, you know, what we were talking about, like, if you can get a quarterback to, you know, just kind of sit and watch and learn, get reps in practice and in preseason and eventually throw them out a year or two later, yeah. I could see that. But I, I think I think he'll replace him at one point this season. Yeah, we, we've had the talk in a perfect world. You know, he sits behind him and everything. And you know what? My mind right now, I woke up optimistic. Mm-hmm. I saw the two Italians talking. There's a shirt. I'm pretty happy today. You know what? Jimmy G, my fellow Italian, Mr. Garoppolo, you're going to finish the season. You're going to go far. You know what? I'll even double down. Tyler, let's make a bet right now. $5. $5. 10, $20. Oh, gee, here we go. 20 50 100 What do you want? For whatever. What do you want to do? 20 bucks. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll parlay this with you. Jimmy Garoppolo finishes the entire season with the Niners starting unless he's hurt. The Niners have a better record than the Rams. Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. Okay, so basically Jimmy G has to start every game unless he's injured, and then they, basically the deal's off. Yeah, so so basically Trey Lance isn't going to go in because Shanahan wants him to. It's because he needs him to. Oh, okay. How confident are you in this? Because I'll go higher. I'll go 50 bucks if he wants to. <laughs> that's how I that, – that is a crazy bet, and I think you are crazy for making that bet. 50. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Deal. All yours. And Great. And here is my uh, celebration because I already know I'm going to win this deal and I'm really looking forward to it. That's going to conclude this episode. I'm getting I'm getting heated. Thank you for listening to our factual opinion. Uh, one of us has to be wrong and I don't think it's me. No, we'll see. Uh, you guys can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, basically wherever you stream podcasts. Be sure to give our YouTube a look also. That way you can see the vein in my neck coming out when I'm telling Mr. McGee all about my man, Jimmy G. Uh, this has been your co-host, Zachary Nikolai and Tyler McGee. Be sure to listen to us on Wednesdays and Fridays, wherever you stream.